listeners, this is Moms Meet World. If you're brand new, welcome. We're so happy to have you. If you're a returning listener, welcome again. It's a joy to be back. And guess who else is back? My sister, Betsy. So some of you have heard her before on this podcast. Um, in the last one, we laughed till we cried. We're going to try to be a little more serious this time, but we're talking about a seriously important topic, which is reading with your children. Uh, so we're going to talk about the value of books and let's get started. Betsy Darlin, tell me, you are a reader and a half. So let's just acknowledge that first. When you were a little girl... Could we have a moment of silence while we acknowledge that, please? <laughs> okay, hold on. There it is. Okay. okay. <laughs> when you were a little girl, you went to the library and filled what grocery bags? Yeah, well, they give me they give me a hefty bag, and it was a personal challenge to fill the bag and bring it back. Actually, I, I ended up on the juvenile delinquent list at the library because I didn't always return the books on time. But I could literally set goals for myself of reading five or six books a day. They'd have to be rather short, but <laughs> I did love to read. And I my dream, Joanne Mary Joanne, was that heaven was a big fluffy bed bed with a pile of books and no interruptions. Oh my gosh, I, I would be right there in the bed across the way. <laughs> I love reading too. We both share that. We are absolute book what addicts. I mean, in a good way, if there's a good addiction, reading may be on that list. So let's talk about maybe why, how, how books changed you. In other words, would you be a completely different person if you hadn't had such a love for reading? And wh- what is it about books that have made such a difference in your life? Well, I remember the joy, first of all, of learning how to read. I remember this kind of light bulb moment in my head when I read Mr. Brown's Cow Goes Moo. Moo. (laughs) And I thought, oh my gosh, the words on the page, they all connect together and they tell a story. And I just was thrilled. And I wanted to read that book to everyone. Just, it it kind of connected with me. But then as I grew up, you know, we grew up in the sort of out in the country at that time with um, six kids in our family and there wasn't a whole lot to do. Um, (laughs) There was a beautiful countryside, but there were like, we didn't own any moo cows. (laughs) There might've been four television stations. You know, one of them was always, you know, uh, boring, but, um, but (laughs) I didn't like bowling for dollars. (laughs) Panorama. Yeah. We we had very few options, but uh, I, I loved the reading because it opened up whole new worlds to me. I could suddenly I'm back in time or suddenly I'm on a, an adventure in space or suddenly I'm meeting all these people that I never would have met before. And they became my friends. Yeah. And I remember the thing that I love was series books, because if you finished a book, you knew you had something to look forward to. Yeah. And I get really sad when I knew the end of a series yes. was coming. Yes. Wouldn't you? Oh my gosh. Even if it was just one book and I knew that I was in the last 30 pages, sometimes I'd save it. Like you save dessert, like you put yes. it away and I would just like save it for myself. Yes. Cause I deserve, I remember being so obsessed with books. I took a book. I'm not really super excited. It was this book, but I was probably in my teenage years, early teenagers, and it was gone with the wind. And I went into the restroom and I didn't come out for almost three days. <laughs> she was gone with the wind. I was gone because people, I would just stay in the bathtub and read and people would knock like, you know, I needed to do something or be somewhere, but it was like a long weekend. And I just, I just, plowed through. I totally it. Just, get it. And you fact, go into another world in yeah. that with that book, which is now a little bit politically incorrect, but at the time yeah. was kind of yeah. thrilling. Um, I remember I had a gone with the wind theme party based on the book and everyone had to read parts of the book before they came to the party. <laughs> and we all dressed up like various characters. And of course, throwing the party, I was Scarlet. I mean, there's no uh, choice. Of course. There, right. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you gave a darn about that. I party. did. I gave quite a darn. <laughs> yeah. This is, a, this is a G-rated pocket. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, yes, books are incredible. They, for little children, of course, we know they increase. When we read to children, it increases their vocabulary. It increases their comprehension. It increases their listening skills. It gives them phenomenal, if it's the right books, 
phenomenal role models. Um, it helps them develop compassion and empathy. It helps them in every aspect of their academic experience. In fact, if there's just one thing I could say to parents, please do with your children besides, you know, of teaching them about faith. I hope we all have some faith in something. Um, it would be to read, read to them and read to them and read to them. Also, it increases bonding. So you get to snuggle up with a little child and sure, certainly you're learning all these great things from a book, but you're also getting closer, not just physically, but emotionally because you're connecting with this book. It's such a powerful thing. You wanted to say something, Betsy, go ahead. No, I just, I, I just want to follow on that because the power of reading, um, you know, Dolly Parton, I kind of admire her because she know she, you know, came, grew up in Tennessee, a poor child and her father was illiterate. Um, and she, you know, knew that, that in, in uh, Tennessee, there was a really high illiteracy rate and she wanted to make a difference. So she started an imagination library in 1995 for children in her own home County. And she started sending books to children that they would get in their mailboxes with their name written on the book. And they would get a book every mm-hmm. single month. Um, and she actually made a deal with them that if they reached, you know, they, they reached a certain level of schooling that she would give each of them $500. And she expanded that program to, to, so many people that now a hundred, a million people are getting free books every month from Dolly Parton all around the world. Um, and people, you know, in different places kind of took that up as well, but they saw how crucial it was that at a young age, children grow in a love, love of reading and a, and a sense of confidence in reading that really puts them on the right foot when they come into kindergarten and first grade. It changes the whole way they live their lives. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Mrs. Parton. You didn't just give us, you'll come again. Remember that song? Just when the sun is made, but he had a ride to and shaken me up so that all I really know is you better read and better read, better read, better read. Okay, new lyrics, same song. She's given us, what is she, one of the most prolific songwriters in the world? She really was. Those words came out of her in music all the time. All the time she's reading and, uh, and Dolly world is, is not the only thing Dolly's given us. Uh, Dolly has given us the songs and also this beautiful book, um, promotion thing. And I, gosh, I admire her. And there are other places that are doing things like that. Those summer book programs at the library where you can take your child and get like a little chart and check things off. That can be fun. What do you do, Betsy? If you have a child that isn't having it, they're just not interested in reading. Not have you ever had, it. have you ever had a child like that? Well, we, you- Betsy has five kids and I have eight. Yes. So. Lots of children. So I would say one of the things that helps is if they're, if they're in a place where they can't get out, like a car trip <laughs> or a prison. Yeah. <laughs> when they reach the prison world. Well, yeah. No, but we would do either books on tape or we would read books aloud in the car. Like I, I remember like traveling on vacations and it kind of gets their interest. Yes. Um, so even if they're not up to necessarily reading themselves when they were read to like, and Joanne, I know you did this a lot. Yes. You read to them from a young age, but also, you know, you can pick up anywhere. If the kids like reached yeah. the age of nine and it never really yeah. was in interested in books. Yeah. You can read to like in our yeah. family, one way we did it was we would, you know, go into somebody's bedroom at night and everyone would kind of lay on the bed or on the floor and we'd read um, like series books together. And it really That's was so fun. Cute. What's, what are some of the series books you read? We read the, all the Chronicles of Narnia. Wow. Um, we loved as Matt, a family. As, yeah, as, I would read to the kids yeah, and then as they yeah. got older, they would read, yeah, you know, as well. Yeah. We read, I remember one thing we read when they were really little was read aloud, read aloud rhymes for the very young. And they, there was like a yeah. hundred rhymes that were silly and funny and yeah. we would just laugh and I just had it. so much fun with that. Rhymes are actually key to helping kids learn how to read. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. It's one of the secrets of, I guess Dr. Seuss got that one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he totally did. Yeah. And all, of course, yeah. When they were little, all the Dr. Seuss books, yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, wrinkle in time was great. Little women, um, oh, you know, books. just wonderful books. Yeah. Um, I love what you said about audiobooks. I think sometimes as parents, my dear listener parents, you need to, um, well, 
unfortunately, maybe take a little bit of a firmer stance. Like we, as you know, television um, or, or videos are ubiquitous. They're everywhere and easily available. And so it's so easy for kids to just watch that. But the, the analogy really should be you book ubiquitous. You book. Yeah. But what we want to be is more ubiquitous. And so uh, the analogy I would use is, um, nursing versus bottle feeding. So not that that for any listener, this bottle feeding and you need to, that's not a problem. No, no worries. I'm not, not casting a judgment using this as a metaphorical um, sort of thing. I just want to use this analogy when a child, when a baby nurses, it really is, it's a little bit harder, but it really develops them in ways that bottle feeding can't. Bottle feeding is so much easier. So if a baby is given a lot of bottles, it's very hard to return to nursing. Similarly, if a child is small and is given just endless amounts of television, but not a lot of books, the, 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 the work level of the brain, the work effort of the brain is not, it's not as much with watching and so they don't really want to go back to books. So in our family, we've tried really hard to start with books, stay with books. Of course, there was television and videos, et cetera, but books were kind of the mainstay. In fact, we didn't even let our kids watch um, a whole lot of media unless it was the weekend and their chores were done. So like a like a Saturday after chores, they could watch in Saturday nights, um, sometimes Friday nights if they got done early, but not during a school week. And books were the thing. Like the play's the thing, the book's the thing. And so um, with audiobooks in the car, I remember on long trips, there would be discussion among a lot of little children and their dad. Well, we'll just watch movies. And I would just, I really tried to take that kind, but firm stance. I really want to stay with audiobooks. So as much as possible, maybe encourage that. Maybe it can't win every time, but um, audiobooks are so great because as Betsy said, that is another way to help bond a family is to listen or read a book together. Um, another thing we did is my husband would read to the kids at night and we had some favorite books there. I think almost every child heard Trumpet of the Swan at some point growing up and Heidi, um, lots of other books I'm not thinking of now. You have another thought on that? Well, I was just going to say, you know, we all have different situations that we were growing, you know, kids are being raised in and challenges, you know, I, I, I get that. And, um, I would just say, you know, if you are going to have the kid watch, you know, something, sometimes if you put closed caption on and the words are on the screen, that's also helpful. Smart. You, you know, you're not, I mean, we we're speaking in the ideal and, and I know everyone's dealing with, re, you know, real life and sometimes it's hard, you know, totally. you, so much easier if you're, you know, you got a lot going on for the kid to watch something and maybe you're not there to read all the time, but if you feel it. If you like put the candle on the fire, um, in the times that you can do it, um, it does enable them to think this is an option. So don't get overwhelmed. If you can't do it all the time, whenever you can do it, that that's a difference too. It's going to, you know, in- introduce your kids to things that you can say, Hey, we're going to read chapter one together tonight. And I want you to, you know, read it and give me a book reported on it on Thursday night. And, you know, just yeah. tell me all about it. Cause I don't want to miss a single thing. And it yeah. can, it, that can turn, turn into a dinner table conversation. It's a really good idea. And maybe there's a little prize. We had an adopted daughter that, well, actually we became her legal guardians and she struggled with reading, but sometimes we'd have attached a little prize to that um, because it wasn't, she didn't grow up with that and it wasn't natural for her. So we'd, you know, offer something like, okay, there's this little thing that you're wanting this little toy or whatever. Let's see if you can read a number of books. And like Betsy said, I love that idea. Write a little book report. And 
And the idea is to be super non-judgmental and very relaxed about how that, you know, maybe that report is presented or not being perfectionistic about it, but just encouraging with rewards, whatever it takes to kind Bribing of move Bribing is key. Bribing is key. I always say to the kids, rewards are when it's for something um, that's not unethical, but a bribe is for something that is unethical. So I try to call it rewards. But she calls it rewards and I call it bribing. It's probably bribing. It works okay. It's probably just bribing. <laughs> little charts, little charts with stickers. They yeah. love those in the summers, especially. It's they do. Great little they do. Yeah. yeah. And then of course, seeing us read is, is that role modeling that's really helpful. Yes. So that brings me to Betsy. What are some of the books that you've absolutely that crushed it for you? That um, just, I mean, you probably could talk for an hour or not. That, yeah, but. no, but I, mm. I mean, I think one thing just, just to feed a little bit more on what you just said was, um, taking books and play acting with them. Like when you're reading them out loud, like taking on a character and becoming, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Like we, yeah. don't you remember dad oh. used to kind of have us do that. He would have yeah. us get up, stand up and, and read books, you know, to yeah. out loud to him. Kind of like yeah. we were like little poetry oratorical, yeah. 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 you know, and yeah. I remember, um, you know, he would, some of the things were, you know, crazy, like Edgar Allan Poe's, like, quoth the raven, evermore. <laughs> Nevermore. <laughs> Scared the life out yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he did love poetry. And he you just, yeah, and you realize yeah. that it was like to hear it out loud. Yeah. The, the kid was reading out it's loud. True. It's so empowering. That's you know? true. You get such That's a really good point. It. Yeah, you can make it a little reader's theater or something. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I said I, I really like, um, series books. Um, but, um, like, like, like I said, little women was really good. And then and I, me read, too. I think we bond there. Yeah. I think that's maybe we share that Christmas yeah. just wouldn't be Christmas without any presents, you know? <laughs> and, um, and then it's so hard to be poor. Yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> and all the Anna Bring Gable books. Also, we bond on those. Yes. We, the character of Anne, if you haven't read those dear listeners, that she comes to life, like in my recollection, more than any other character I've ever read. She's so alive and so vibrant. Yeah. Honestly, you close the book and think, Oh, I've, I must've met, known her in person. How can she, it's hard for me even now to believe she's not real. Yes. I mean, it's so well drawn. So well drawn. In fact, mm. the way that she was so disturbed about her name being Anne spelled with an E, <laughs> I now to this day, if I'm asking someone how to spell their name, Anne, and they don't have an E on it, I, there's this little sad pause where I don't want to say anything, but I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but she, I know there's perfectly fine Anne's with that no E's on the end, but <laughs> and whenever you hear somebody say, I'm in the depths of despair, don't you yes, think of Anne? Yes, I'm in the depths of yes, despair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There are just so many fantastic lines. Lines, quotable lines and the love story between her and Gilbert Blythe. Oh, so wonderful. And, oh. her, and her kindred spirit, Diana. Oh, yeah. Diana all, Barry. Yeah. Yes. I compare all of my kindred spirit friends to that, that situation. <laughs> that, yes. you know, that's where we got the phrase. I think kindred spirit, yes. at least in my recollection. Yes. So, um, yes, we bond over little women Anne of green Gables, so many other books, a lot of classics. Yeah. Were you a great Gatsby gal? I, <clears throat> I, you know, I was sort of an East egger, but yeah, I was a West egger. Yeah. <laughs> and do you remember the opening line? Uh, no, tell me something. It was Nick Carraway. And he said, um, my father always told me, and I'm butchering this, but basically never judge anyone because, um, you don't know, you don't know their background. You don't know how they grew up. Well, I learned a different variation of that. And, it, it and was, that's not how he said it. Exactly. You have to look it up. Go, go it ahead. It says, um, never judge anyone unless you've walked a mile in their shoes, because then you'll be a mile away, away and you'll and have, have their shoes. shoes. Yeah. That's an important one. <laughs> I love you. But um, I did love Great Gatsby. I, I love the way it was written. I love the language, the literature, the, I mean, the, the flow of the words. Mm. There's so many, you know, that, um, it's kind of a depressing book. And actually. it's extremely depressing. Super depressing. Super depressing. <laughs> Started depressing, ended depressing. And you saw the movie and you're like, this is mm. mean. And it's, yeah. But Nick Carraway was such an interesting, uh, you yeah. know, observer of all yes, of it. Yes. And that was interesting. That was interesting. There's just so many really interesting points. Were you a Steinbeck gal at all? Mm-hmm. I was a little bit less of my son then. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> it wasn't a pearl for you. <laughs> these are puns about these books. You think we're funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but they, they had a, um, sort of a, a spareness. Yes. They were very spare and yeah. very, yeah. Like a painting that has just, you know, sort yeah. of that spare quality and you have to get used to it. Yeah. And after a while I did kind of, I quite liked John Steinbeck, oh, but not as much as I liked say, um, you liked F. Scott Fitzgerald. I liked F. Scott. I liked something a little more flowery. Yeah. But the Grapes of Wrath, I mean, that also left an impression. I felt like I was on that journey with the, yeah. the with that family. Yeah. I mean, you felt like you were in that dark, you felt the desert, yeah. you felt the sand, or sorry, the, the dust in the air and the, yeah. the desperation trying to get to California. And he painted that really magically. Yeah. It, that's the other thing about books. It opens your heart up to compassion because yes. we judge each other all, all over the place and you put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's, it's like you can become that main character and you feel their pain yeah. and it changes the way you look at the people around you. I totally agree with that. And I think that's why it's good to sometimes read books that aren't always, I mean, they're just, Sunny. they're just not. Yeah. yeah. There's just parts that yeah. are hard and you kind of get through it, but it does. It develops your empathy. I, I read a book mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. like that educated, which was a, it was a really difficult book yes. to read. I read it too. Yeah. But I liked it. It was good. I had yeah. to skip over certain parts. Me of it. too. It was so brutal. Me too. Me too. But, but at the same time. Yeah. And I like books that start in the mind of the child. Like you're, it's a book written by an adult, but then like the glass castle is one of those. Oh it's, yeah. You just, you feel like you're that little child and yes. the way that they talk about things being okay that you know are not okay. Yes. And you, it, there's, it just wrenches your heart, yes. but it's their perspective until they yes. go up and can see that it's not okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So well put. Yeah. So well put. And then when you look around you at people around you, you think instead of maybe, like you said, maybe being judgmental, yeah. you think, oh, maybe you're more like, you probably had an experience like in the glass castle. Right. You have challenges that or I whatever. have no idea. Yeah. You, and I have, so brave. yeah, come hug me. Yeah. I want to give you a hug and yeah. we'll talk. Yeah. So brave. I remember the glass castle specifically because I wish I could remember who wrote that. Jeanette Walls, yeah. right? Okay. So you called me and said, Joanne, and it's my middle names. She calls me by my middle name. It's like a nickname in our family. She said, Joanne, you have to read the glass castle. And I was like, I had so many little babies and kids and I already had like three books. I was reading. He said, put it down everything and go find this book because it starts out with everything is on fire. And you, you read me like the opening chapter. Well, it, I think it started out where she was driving by in like a fancy car and she saw oh, no, that was the very her, beginning. her mother and her right. father like digging food out of dumpsters. And then she went back yeah. to the story of what happened. Yeah. And that's yeah. when something was on fire. Well, as a little girl, she, yeah. she burnt. Yeah. 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 There it, was, the, there's some things that went on. Yeah. Later. So anyway, it starts, it starts at the top of the roller coaster yeah. and it just stays on that ride. Yeah. And again, it's so well drawn. Another one I love is Amy Tan, another author that mm-hmm. I love who wrote the joy luck club oh, yeah. that gave me a really interesting that's perspective interesting. on a whole different culture. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I love to read too, is I, I like learning about different cultures and well, different, you get, you recommended a book <clears> to me <throat> called all over, but the Shouting. Oh, wasn't that a good book? Rick. Uh, I can't remember, but yeah, he won the, I think he won the Pulitzer for that. And you said this to me, you said the word, it is like reading poetry. Like yes. It's the prose is just so yes. beautiful. It's and yummy. Like yeah. a really good meal. You could really take it. Yeah. In. Yeah. yeah. That was really and was that true? Did really, you read oh, it? I loved it. Yeah. That's um, another really good one. Of, keep, keep talking, but there's other great books. Gosh. Yeah. There's so many, I, of course, everybody comes back to the classics and it's interesting to see what your kids. So I have adult kids in their twenties, what they think is their favorite classic. I have a couple that loved East of Eden. Okay. Didn't grab me in the Never same read. way. Yeah. They absolutely loved it. Um, where, um, I had everybody read Dickens, um, um, the one that was built that Oliver came uh, from. It was, was the best of t- times. Yeah. The, the best of times. Yeah. Tale of two cities. Uh, Tale of two, oh, no, that's, oh, that's uh, yeah. Oliver twist. Yeah. Um, they also read a number of Dickens books, but Dickens again, now that's flowery to the extreme. Like there's a lot, he was paid like four per 
pay, per word, I think, or oh. per page. So he yeah, purposely put in a lot of okay. other, um, I wonder if that's what happened to us. I'm not getting my, my no. checks though. Residual <laughs> checks, but I put words everywhere. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> but Dickens is a great author. Yeah. And honestly, um, his Christmas Carol, is one of the most beautiful, beautiful works that have ever been written my by husband, anyone. My husband, John, it's a <laughs> tradition every Christmas. He watches the Christmas Carol either with us or alone, but we always walk through. And when he's getting the part about, um, you know, the want and uh, ignorance and want with the two children hidden oh my gosh, the robe, he cries tears streaming yeah. down his face. It's like every time. Yes. And we are yes. touched by it, but not nearly as yes. touched as he is. I think I'm more like him because yeah. we, as a family, we've gone to see that a lot yeah. at Christmas time. And I always get a little teary then oh, too. Yeah. yeah. Talking about it makes me a little teary. It's a really sad, that's sad, but but it's beautiful and he did it so well and you can feel his faith in God in yeah. that. And that really can also, I think is another way books are a, sort of an indirect way to teach children about faith, depending on the book. For example, Heidi by Joanna yeah. Spry. Um, my husband has read that to a lot of our children and it's my husband that has been the most emotional about this book. Yeah. And it's, it's a children's it's book, a beautiful but book. by the end, yeah, yeah. I mean, her faith in God, the movie with Shirley Temple is fantastic. Can't recommend it enough, but it really doesn't touch on the depth of faith that Joanna Spry had yeah. when she wrote Heidi. Yeah. And that is really just in between the subtext of the whole book. And that Joanna wrote it when she was younger and spry. Wow. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, the fit books people aren't a fan of necessarily are bleak house. Um, there's some of the classics that are books not to read. Yeah. <laughs> Get out Boring your pens. Books. Get yeah. out your pens. Can we touch for a second on Jane Austen? Did you oh. have, do you have a favorite? Well, she's so <laughs> tongue in cheek. Yeah. You, if you've seen the movies and then read the books, yeah. Um, you get, you get it. You get it very more tongue in cheek. It's good to you, do both. Yes. I think yeah. I started Emma when I was younger and I was like, is she teasing? Yeah. You know, but then yeah. after a while, after yeah. a while, yeah, I, I like yeah. Pride and Prejudice. I like yeah. Emma. Just yeah. like I love the books. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't read all of her books, but yeah, yeah a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Emma's one of our all time favorites and our all time favorite. Well, probably Tom, the kids always say that Emma reminds them. Of Tom and I, that's the, the version that came out with, um, badly done, Emma. Yeah. With Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> that was really fun. But, uh, so yes, there are, that's my favorite Jane Austen, but I do love Pride and Prejudice, not the one that everyone loves, the Kira Knightley one that okay, came out. Yeah. Up. Well, now we're talking yeah. movies, but yeah, yeah you got to yeah, go to yeah. the five part series. You got to go back. Yeah. You got to go back with yeah. what's his name? BBC Colin, Colin Firth. Colin Firth. And I think they made a statue where yeah. he's in the white shirt coming out of the river. I think it's in England. That's a little too much. That's a little funny. weird, but, <laughs> yeah. but they are incredibly well written, incredibly witty. The wit, the, the wit is so subtle, right? Yes. You can't miss it, yes. but it's, it's, it's all there. Yeah. And there's, and the humanity, I mean, just yes. the, the things that people deal with. And yeah. so anyway, we could go on and on about, maybe we'll do another part because there's so many books we could talk about dear listeners, but you have your own favorites yes. and there's a whole world of other favorites waiting for you and for me and for Betsy, for all of us. And even if you never considered yourself to be a reader, cause many people, I mean, I have kids in my family that go, I'm just not a reader. Just read a little bit and just, it's like, yeah. just make yourself do it. Even if you do, you think yeah. that's not me Yeah. and I, I guarantee you, you find the right book and you will be wrapped up in it and yeah. it'll open up a new world to you. That actually happened to one of my daughters. She was not super into reading yeah. and she was like in first or second grade. And by then a lot of our kids were, you know, at least kind of excited about yeah. it and she still wasn't all that excited about yeah. it. And then she found dun, 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 Harry Potter. And for a lot of kids that has opened the door. I'm not sure. I'm not a big, Harry yeah, Potter I was going to say, I'm not sure everybody's a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm really not a Harry Potter fan, but it did open the door to yes. her loving other books. Right. And she was so grateful for that. She actually wrote a thank you letter Aww. to What's JK her name? JK Rowling. She wrote her a letter and said, now, cause Betsy, uh, Betsy, um, Katie is a massively 
interested reader. Oh my goodness. They all are. But that she was just so grateful for that. There are things that kind of turn the corner and they can turn the corner when you're 40. You know, that's true. um, My husband's like that. He laughs that when he was younger, his book reports were written about comic strips. You know what I mean? Like he he was not that interested. You can start anywhere. Totally into sports, totally outside all the time. So it was hard to pin him down. But yeah, later in life, he's now a huge reader. Isn't that fun? So So I think what Betsy said is right. Maybe we'll end on that. It's finding that right book. So keep looking, whether it's for you or for a child, or maybe it's that you do love to read, but maybe there's a whole other genre. Like when I found, um, Joy Luck Club and other books, um, we could talk more about other cultures and what they represent. And oh my goodness, what about, um, the kite runner? That's another culture in Afghanistan that I read. I stayed up almost all night reading that book. Okay. And I just have to say Hmm. plug for Malcolm Gladwell. If you want fiction, read any of Malcolm Gladwell's book, like blank or the tipping nonfiction. Nonfiction. Right. I'm sorry. You're correct. Right. Nonfiction. Um, mm-hmm. You feel like you learn so much, but he does it in these little vignette stories. So you don't have to read the whole book. You read one chapter and you've learned a ton of things that you can share to you yeah. know, the ne- your next <laughs> gathering. There you go. Like you're super important <laughs> and smart. That could be a good audiobook too. Yeah. Yeah. And Audible is a really good source for audiobooks. Yeah. There's others, but that's yeah. that's a good one. Um, and those are so great to listen to while you're working around the house or doing whatever. I've That has been my modus operandus because yes. I can't sit down and read. I'm so busy. I can hardly ever do that. But I listen to dozens and dozens and dozens of audio. Yeah. books. And that's so fun. And walks. yeah. And of course you're going to run into the, you know, yucky book, but they let you return if it's, you know, not um, appropriate or it's just super boring. They, they're really great on returns. Yeah. So, all right, readers, we love you. We're so grateful. If you listen to the last ridiculous goofy podcast, this is, this is the counterpart. We're balancing it out here with a little more, a little more serious stuff, but, um, we hope that you can, um, keep enjoying those books. And we'll see you the next time on Moms Meet World. Thanks so much. Bye.